Rick Dog. It's now time to talk some NBA. Well, it took Jason Tatum dropping 51 points in Game 7 for the Celtics to make it back to back to the conference finals. They've been, they'll be rewarded with a matchup against a highly motivated Heat team backed by a ruthless Jimmy Butler to preview two intriguing final series and reflect on yesterday's game in the Garden as our good pal Seth Partno out of Wisconsin. Morning, Seth. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great. It's always great to talk to you guys. I, I got to admit, the uh, bumper music coming back in made me feel like I was back in the gym because that's the kind of stuff that uh, <laughs> you hear you hear during workouts. So I'm, I'm I'm definitely in the mood to talk about this. That's what now. we do for you, Seth. We uh, get you up and about and excited. We bring a good energy and vibe to our show every morning. Have you witnessed many better performances in the garden than the one we saw from Tatum yesterday? It wasn't bad, was it? Um, I, I, I do think that I do points. think that that that, that uh, Steph haven't put up fifty in uh, in in a game seven. Uh, I just you know the, the round previously did sort of put a bright target on that. Well, I'm going to get more now, but uh, no, it was it was a special performance, and um, you know I uh, was kind of had a thought that if you recall in game six with about five and a half minutes left, he committed just a, an incredibly silly. Uh, clear path foul that that could have really put their season away and from there he'd had a horrible game six to that point and then from that point he it's, it's almost like he realized that's the dumbest worst thing i'm ever going to do on a basketball court let's not do that again and now let's just go play and, then, and since that point he was you know for for the the last five minutes of that game and then all of game uh, seven was pretty magical yeah, he was very, very good too. Um, and you think Tatum and Brown, they've been balling out in the playoffs for many years now, but it's easy to forget they're still only in their mid-20s. Do you think the best is still yet to come for the Celtics, Joe? Um, this is actually, it, it's it's funny because especially with the, the new salary cap rules that are coming into effect in the in the recently agreed CBA, uh, the pressure on on a team like the Celtics to, to get it done now Um only increases. I mean that they're those two in particular become very expensive to build around if they decide to keep them together in, in not very long. So um age-wise you would think they have time, but the ability to put the kind of team around them that they have, uh, which is really one of their strengths this year, how much longer they can afford to do that. Um so you might as well win now basically. And what, what, mate, I can't wrap my head around. We had Philly captain on yesterday. He's a f- passionate fan from Philadelphia, talking about the 76ers and James Harden. Well, he can score 40-odd points and, you know, turn the game on its head. But yesterday, nine points for 41 minutes. He went missing in Game 7 last night. He was very hot and cold in the series. Is this just the kind of player he is? And what do the 76ers deal, do with this situation that's been dealt with them now? I mean, I think first of all, you have to say that there have been some some playoff disappearances in the in the past. This is a little bit different than those in that a lot of the the previous times were more he had to carry an entire team and ran out of gas. And certainly with Joel Embiid on on this team, that wasn't as much the case. I think it might just be that's he's he's in his mid mid thirties now, and and that's that's sort of a reality is that uh, you can still have the the odd game where you're your your peak self but it's not an every night thing anymore and pretty bad time to have one of those come uh come up 
Seth, all the talk is about, obviously, uh, Jason Tatum trying, doing his best Larry Bird impersonation uh, with those, those 51 points. But, uh, you know, you've you got a couple of glory boys here in Izzy and Kempe who are all about the go forward and the ball in hand and, 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 and the glory boys getting over the try line. But really, a uh, guy that maybe doesn't get the, uh, the kudos he deserves, possibly an MVP for the whole series, Al Horford with the, jo- the job he did on Joel Embiid. I mean, how, just, how important was his role for the Celtics? Um, you know, he didn't even shoot the ball that well for most of the series, but the fact that that he can credibly guard Embiid one on one was certainly a a uh, a, a value. Um, a lot of a lot of what a player like Embiid and on the other side Nikola Jokic brings is, if you can't guard them with one person, then everyone else gets easier shots. But um, even even if Embiid can get his, if Horford doesn't need help every single play. It becomes harder for Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey and and even Harden to to get kind of the the good quality shots that let them be uh, g- uh, you know good role playing contributors. And so I think that to that extent, just ha- just Horford's ability to to match up and compete with Embiid was a huge benefit to the Celtics over the over the course of the series. Yeah, hustle on D, and I saw him in a huddle. In one of the games, absolutely spraying the team. So when you got that experience uh, from a leader, and you can see him coming out and giving it all, they, everyone else follows, and they love that. And and you know, in world sport, and and particularly in high performance sport. But Doc Rivers has lost ten game sevens. The poor bugger has been on the losing end of plenty of playoff heartbreak. What do the Sixers do with Doc Rivers? They continue down that 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 line with Doc. So I've, I've never been, I, I've, I've always felt that he probably gets, has gotten a higher uh, level of acclaim as a coach than maybe his performances warrant. Um, at the same time, like that's a question that is much more about the things we don't see. Um, the, the most important thing for a coach in the NBA is if the people in the room are buying what you're selling. And that's, that's sort of hard to see. Do the players the play for him? Again, it's it that that's that's a hard uh, that that's a hard thing to answer from the outside. I don't think like they they played very poorly yesterday, but I wouldn't say that that you would say they quit. Like we've seen teams quit on coaches, and I and with in all fairness to Doc, I I, I think they played poorly. I would not say they quit, if that makes sense. Seth, one of the other things I was I was reading through some stats ahead of Game Seven, uh, and, and one of those stats that, that stood out to me was Joel Embiid. Sixty three percent of his points this season he's created himself. So if you're the Seventy Sixers and if you're looking at your roster, I mean you you, you need somebody that's going to feed that beast, right? Somebody so he's not having to do all the work off the ball as well. What chance do you think they go in for someone like a Trey Young and try and trade for someone like that to to get them to the next level? Um, I think some of that is just a function of how Embiid plays. Uh, there, there are more things you can do, perhaps, but I'm not sure that that the way he got his off got his offense would change that much if you if you got a if you did sign a, a trade for a Trey Young. Um, you know, it's it's sort of you're making a decision: would you rather the ball be in Trey Young's hands or Joel Embiid's hands? And that was sort of a similar quandary they had a lot this year: is like, do we want to play like a James Harden team or a Joel Embiid team? And beats your best player. And so that involves a lot of him, you know, kind of going and getting the ball wherever he sees fit rather than, 
him operating as a screen and roll guy because uh, I think that's I think that's a little bit limiting for him, frankly. Um, so that in and of itself would not be, uh, I, I think, almost the bigger uh, from a roster standpoint is uh, for seemingly the seventieth year in a row they just got destroyed when he wasn't on the floor um, across the playoffs again. And he's not someone who just by virtue of his size and style of play is not someone who you can really think is going to play, you know, 44, 45 minutes of a playoff game. So getting a, some, a backup center or another way of playing. So you can, you can play, you know, six, seven, eight minutes each half with him on the bench and survive, I think is a bigger roster issue for them than necessarily a playmaker. Yeah, and he did mention too during the series that the players around him needed to step up. What about uh, the Heat and this matchup with the Celtics up in the conference finals? Are you excited about that? I am. I don't totally understand how the Heat have been as good as they have been in the playoffs. <laughs> but Jimmy, but there's no question. It's not just the thing is he's he was great, especially in the first round. But the number of guys who who are unheralded and just. Eric Spolstra looks down his bench, chooses who he's going to point to. Whoever it is goes out and performs. Uh, there have been games in this playoffs where they have closed with Jimmy Butler and four players who weren't even drafted and have, have not just held their own, but have won games with, and that's, that, that is a, you know, that's a testament to team, to team culture. You hear a lot about heat, quote unquote, heat culture and to Eric Spolstra in, in particular for, um, really giving everyone he puts in the game the confidence. Not only do I like, not only do I think you can play. I think you're better than you are, and you're going to believe me, and you're going to perform. And that's been just incredibly impressive. Because on paper they shouldn't be able to compete with the Celtics, but <laughs> but yeah, but I, but <laughs> having 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 seen two rounds of the playoffs thus far, the Heat have played better than the Celtics to this point in the playoffs. And so you does you, Jimmy dismiss them at at your peril. Does Jimmy Butler have enough left in the tank? I say yes after seeing his cat off next next to Kyle Lowry. I you know, again, this is this is a guy who earlier in his career was known known as 48 minute Jimmy because because uh, he would just play the entirety of playoff games. Uh he's probably not that anymore, but um I think he was hobbled a little bit by the ankle sprain that he suffered in game one of the series. And if that's recovered, um, he and Tatum is certainly a battle battle for the ages. Seth, what about out West, mate? Uh, last season, the Lakers couldn't even make the playoffs. And, and, you know, for all money, it looked like they'd traded away their future. They had no picks. They got no picks until about, I don't know, 2050 or something, the way they've been trading um, over the last few <laughs> years. Um, but how have they gone from not being able to get into the playoffs to playing in the Western final uh, with the team that they've got? Um, I think you have to you do have to give them credit. The, the the team they started the roster they started the season with was not very good, um, and they were too often you know lineups where there were two or three guys on the floor who probably were not NBA rotation level players. Uh, what they did at the trade deadline was they managed to. I don't think they added any stars, but they added enough guys who are competent, good NBA players that now the lineups they put out there all make sense. And you have LeBron playing at a high level, Anthony Davis playing at a high level. Austin Reeves has made himself a ton of money this postseason, heading into his, yep. his uh, free agency. 
Um, and then you again, you, you're getting contributions from everywhere else on the roster with just you know whether it's uh, you know D'Angelo Russell, who's never frankly never been my favorite player, but has been solid in the postseason. Dennis Schroeder was, I think, the unsung key to beating the Warriors, just in in terms of his ability to to bother Stephen Curry over the course of the series. Um, and then any number of other plays, Jared Vanderbilt and, and getting minutes from Rui Hachimura and, and Malik Beasley. They're just the, the guys that almost like the heat, the, the sort of the other guys in their team, just whoever they've turned to has produced Lonnie Walker hadn't been, hadn't been in the rotation and wins a game in the fourth quarter for them. Uh, that's again, that's a credit to, to, uh, Darvin Ham, who was, uh, who was an assistant in, in Milwaukee when I was there, uh, when I was with the bucks and, uh, I, I I was always very impressed by him as an assistant coach, and I think that he's done a, a tremendous job as a as a head coach. And I think uh, the playoffs sort of indicate why. Yeah, it's a total difference to the Heat. They've allowed the players like LeBron and AD to to get that much needed rest when you got the reserves or the guys that uh, you know are on the court coming on and providing so much impact. When you look at the Nuggets, Jokic, Gordon. The squad depth in that uh, in that squad, mate. How does this play out? The Nuggets taking on the Lakers. Can they stop the Yoka? <laughs> so it's it's funny that we got to the Nuggets last. Uh, this is this is <laughs> I, this is not uh, the first the first call or show I've done headed uh, into the conference finals. And every one of them, we get to the Nuggets last, which is funny <laughs> because the Nuggets the Nuggets have been the best team in the playoffs. And and so the, it's just like the, this is the this has been the best team. This is I would say the team that is should be the title favorites, and we're just we, we're just kind of getting to them. Uh, you start with Jokic. Uh, you got the best player, and I I would say the best player in the world right now. Uh, that 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 that's a good start. Uh, and then as you said, they have uh, they have a roster full of playoff ready players. The the moves they made the offseason, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and and Bruce Brown in particular, added two more versatile tough physically tough which is a, a very important part of playoff basketball uh of play, players and that's really that's really been a key for them uh and then again Jokic is the best player in the world as he's shown again and um and they the Lakers are going to need a, a whale of a series from Anthony Davis to I think uh be able to hang with them let alone have a chance I think Seth, uh, before we let you go, finally have to get a, a, a prediction for you. Who wins the West? Who wins the East? Who's in the big dance? I think it's Celtics, Nuggets, and I think the Nuggets are winning the title. Boom. I didn't even pause. Didn't even pause. Open up the TAB account. Get on it. Seth said so. <laughs> Take it to the bank. <laughs> well, don't, don't put that on me. Now I'm, now I'm responsible. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Oh, yeah. Seth. Don't say that. Break my heart. Lakers all day. Let's go, LeBron, AD. Take it home. No. Mate, appreciate it. And um, Yoko, he's he's unstoppable with his vast array of shots. Mate, he's so big. He can shoot from anywhere. He can re- rebound. He's, he's going to be tough. And finals MVP, if they make it, I think he'll get it. So appreciate your time this morning, Seth. Talking NBA, the playoffs. It is heating up. And, uh, well, there's only two. Four teams left. Appreciate your time, mate. Take care. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Always great to be here. Seth said so. That oh. sounds like that sounds like a uh, something he needs to <laughs> he needs to put on his blog. That's his predictions. <laughs> Seth said so. Get it on. Oh.